0: Lord, we do believe that only the Spirit can give life to the Spirit. And so as we thank you for our physical birth this morning, we also thank you that you promise us spiritual birth. Lord, we pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and that by your love, Lord, you would... Build us up and recreate us anew. We pray, Jesus, for your sake and for your name. Amen. Please be seated. Question this morning What does it mean to be authentically human? Who tells you who you are? How do you become real? fully alive here's a popular story it's a very famous conversation between a rabbit and a horse watch this what is
1: real does it mean having things buzzing and whirring inside you and a stick out handle No, real
2: isn't how you are made. It's a thing that happens to you. Oh. When a child loves you for a long, long time, not just to play with, but really loves you, then you become real. Oh? Does it hurt? Sometimes, when you are real, you don't mind being hurt. Does it all happen at once? Like being wound up? a long time and that's why it doesn't happen to those who break easily or have sharp edges or have to be carefully kept generally by the time that you are real most of your hair has been loved off and your eyes drop out (laughs) and you get loose at the joints and very shabby once you are real, it's for
0: always. Mm. <sighs> <sighs> uh, being real happens from being loved. And once you're loved, it's for always. Now, we typically contemplate the reality of our existence in one of two ways. We believe the universe came into existence out of nothing by random chance and we're the result of impossible percentages colliding and morphing to pursue, produce the complex organic matter that we are. Meaning we live for whatever purpose we choose and we die with nothing else to gain. Or we believe the universe came into existence out of nothing by the sovereign will of a living eternal creator who is holy And does all things that are good, right, and perfect. Meaning we belong to a loving God and live not for ourselves, but for him. His intentional design and marvelous purpose for always. What does it mean to be authentically human? This morning we continue our adventure through the story of God with the introduction of a new theme. And that new theme is love. Love. Out of love, God created Adam and Eve and his image to love him and love one another according to his design. The Bible says that God is love. Love. So God created in us, in his image, um, out of love and with love and for the sake of love. For always. God loves you. Let that soak in for a second. God loves you. God thought of you before the foundations of the earth. God wanted you. God designed you and formed you and shaped you in your mother's womb. God endowed within you his very image and likeness and gave you a reason and a purpose. God loves you. He meant you. You matter to him. God loves you. Boy, does God really love me? Yes, fundamentally, absolutely, and for always. It's kind of like what Big Nut Brown Hair says to Little Nut Brown Hair. Listen to this reading from... One of my favorite books that I have read to all of my children, Guess How Much I Love You.
1: (coughs) Little Nut Brown Hare, who was going to bed, held on tight to Big Nut Brown Hare's very long ears. He wanted to be sure that Big Nut Brown Hare was listening. Guess how much I love you, he said. Oh, I don't think I could guess that, said Big Nut Brown Hare. This much, said Little Nut Brown Hair, stretching out his arms as wide as they could go. Big Nut Brown Hair had even longer arms. But I love you this much, he said. Hmm, that is a lot, thought Little Nut Brown Hair. I love you as high as I can reach, said Little Nut Brown Hair. I love you as high as I can reach, said Big Nut Brown Hair. That is very high, thought Little Nut Brown Hair. I wish I had arms like that. Then little nut brown Hare had a good idea. He tumbled upside down and reached up the tree trunk with his feet. I love you all the way up to my toes, he said. And I love you all the way up to your toes, said big nut brown Hare, swinging him up over his head. I love you as high as I can hop, laughed little nut brown hair, bouncing up and down. But I love you as high as I can hop, smiled Big Nut Brown Hare, and he hopped so high that his ears touched the branches above. That's good hopping, thought Little Nut Brown Hare. I wish I could hop like that. I love you all the way down the lane, as far as the river, cried Little Nut Brown Hare. I love you across the river and over the hills, said Big Nut Brown Hare. That's very far, thought little Nut Brown Hare. He was almost too sleepy to think any more. Then he looked beyond the thorn bushes out into the big dark night. Nothing could be farther than the sky. I love you right up to the moon, he said, and closed his eyes. Oh, that's far, said big Nut Brown Hare. That is very, very far. But big nut brown hair set a little nut brown hair into his bed of leaves. He leaned over and kissed him good night. Then he lay down close by and whispered with a smile, "I love you right up to the moon and back."
0: We were created with that kind of love—love love that is patient, love that is kind. Love that is humble and gentle and self giving. Love that is forgiving and truthful and always perseveres. Love that is steadfast and enduring for always. That's the kind of love God created us out of and with and for. That's the kind of affection, that's the commitment that God has for you and God has for me. Today I'd like to tell you the story about the first humans. This story is found in the Bible and it describes the love of God, that leads to the origin and purpose of our lives. The story of God continues like this. After God prepared the earth, God said, let us make man in our image to be like us. We'll put man in charge of the earth and all the plants and the animals that live on it. So God took dirt from the earth and formed the first human. And then God... Breathed his own breath into the man and he became alive. God called this first human Adam, which in the Hebrew means from the ground. God placed Adam in a beautiful garden where Adam had everything he needed to live the best kind of life. God planted all kinds of trees in the garden that produced delicious fruit so Adam would always have lots of good and healthy things to eat. And God gave Adam the responsibility to take care of his garden. And then God brought all of his animals to Adam so that Adam could name them all. And in the middle of the garden, there were two trees, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God told Adam he could eat the fruit from any tree in the garden except that one. God warned Adam, if you eat fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will definitely die. Then God said, it's not good for man to be alone. I'll make a partner who will help him. So God caused Adam to fall into a deep sleep. And while Adam was asleep, God removed one of his ribs and then closed up his side where it was taken. And then God used Adam's rib to form the first woman, which means out of man. When God brought the woman to Adam, Adam shouted, Woo! At last! And she is part of me. Adam named his new companion Eve, which means giver of life. So God created male and female together in his image and likeness. God joined Adam and Eve together in close relationship as husband and wife, and they devoted themselves to each other and became one. God blessed them with the ability to reproduce and have children, and although Adam and Eve were all naked all the time, they felt no shame. God enjoyed spending time with the humans, walking with them in the cool of day. God loved them and showed them how to live the best possible way, a life in close relationship with him and with one another, according to his design and under the blessing of his protection. Life was good, right, and perfect. And as God looked over all his creations, he says... This is excellent in every way. This is very good. And that's the story we call first humans. It's an important story in God's narrative and the story of God, because this is God's definition of what it means to be real. It's God's description of what it means to be authentically human and fully alive for always. Out of love, God created us in his image and likeness. And that means several things. First, it means that our spirituality bears the image of God. God created the first humans to be spiritually alive. God... breathed his spirit into us. And that's a reminder that unlike the rest of creation, we have a soul. Sorry, your dog and your cat don't have a soul, but God's going to take care of that. Don't worry. This gives us a unique capacity to relate to God that differentiates us from everything else in creation. Y'all, we... we spent a lot of time talking about original sin. This morning, we're talking about original glory. I'm talking about original glory. Out of love, God created us for eternal life, to experience his love for always, to enjoy his love for always, that we might worship him with all of our soul, intimately connected with him, enjoying Everything that is good and right and perfect, that's what God's up to. Out of love, God created us in his image and likeness, and it also means that our morality bears the image of God. God thinks, we think. God feels, we feel. God decides, we decide. All these things reflect the glory of our creator. This is the way that we image the glory of God. Bugs don't think. Plants don't have feelings. Mountains don't make decisions. You can train a dog to do what you tell it, but it doesn't have a moral compass that causes it to to think, hey, I shouldn't be eating out of garbage cans. I need to get myself to a recovery program. The mouse in your house doesn't lay awake at night wondering if it was right to steal your cheese and eat your bread, pondering its place in the world and the appropriate next steps to find its true fulfillment and purpose. This is the original glory God created us to enjoy and reflect in relationship with him and with one another for the sake of God's purposes in the world. Out of love, God created us to worship him with our choices. God created us to desire and to do what is good, right, and perfect, that we might enjoy and reflect his holiness. That's what God's up to. Out of love, God created us in his image and likeness, and that means, third, our complementary gender, Bears the image of God. God begins with Adam. In Genesis 2, it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to care for it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from the tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat it, you will surely die. I'm not sure if you heard that, but God gives Adam three assignments. Adam is given the physical responsibility to work as a steward of all that belongs to God. Adam is given the emotional responsibility to care for the creation God loves. And Adam is given the spiritual responsibility to obey the instructions of God, which will keep him in abundant life, protect him from evil and prevent him from dying. And when Adam was faithful and fruitful with these three responsibilities, he was ready for Eve. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. It was not good because there was no one for him to be united with. No one for him to complete and no one to complete him and therefore no one to help him image the relational interdependent nature of God. So God says, I'll make a helper that's suitable for him. And then God reaches deep inside the solitary one close to his heart and pulls out of that sacred place, the fullness of his design for human oneness. Woman, which means out of man. It's a beautiful story with Deep meaning and important consequences. Eve is assigned to help Adam. And the Hebrew word here is suitable helper, it's azer kenegdo in the Hebrew. Ezer, Ezer, means helper, and it's uh, the Hebrew word that really means so much more than we think about helper today. In Hebrew, it means rescuer or defender or lifesaver. God created Eve to be a lifeguard, to help Adam by guarding and protecting his life. Conegno most accurately translates this way, one who is brought alongside as a necessary companion and complement. So God creates Eve with the express purpose of being Adam's teammate. Together, they're a team. Without one another, they're incomplete and alone. Together, they reflect the oneness of God and image his glory to one another and to the rest of creation. Do you hear what God's up to? Out of love, God created us male and female, different but complementary by design, that together we might worship him by expressing the mutually submitted interdependent oneness that reflects God's triune image and displays his glory. And this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united as one. They become one flesh. Out of love, God created us in his image and likeness. And that means our sexuality bears the image of God. Our sexuality is woven into what it means to be created in God's image. And that's really important, because what that means is that sexuality is not just physical, nor is sexuality just emotional. Sexuality is not just about sex, how we feel about sex, or with whom we have sex with. That narrative, that competing agenda, vying for the allegiance of our souls drastically reduces and confuses the meaning of sexuality as defined and designed by God. Y'all, it's not a human rights issue. It's not a social justice issue. It is a spiritual issue. God designed and created sex to be an expression of oneness between a male and a female, as well as for the purpose of procreation between a husband and a wife. Do you see what God's up to? Out of love, God created us to worship him by enjoying sexual intimacy in a lifelong relationship between a male and a female in the sacred context of marriage, having children and raising them in the knowledge and love of God, thus propagating God's glory and populating God's earth. In love, God created us spiritually, morally, complementary, and sexually to display and reflect His nature and glory. That's the original glory God created us to enjoy. It's what it means to be real and authentically human. And God meant it for always. Now, in every single one of the narratives of God's story, we have been looking at how that particular chapter, how that particular narrative points to Jesus Christ. Remember the day of his resurrection, Jesus comes alongside two of his disciples walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And it says that he explains to them how all the law and the prophets point to him, to his work, to his ministry. And as he reveals himself to them, Their eyes are open. They recognized him as Messiah and their hearts burn within them. How does this chapter in God's story point to Jesus? And what does it mean for the Holy Spirit to pour out his love in our hearts and open our eyes that our hearts might burn within us with a need and a longing for Jesus to come and fulfill and complete us? It's all about togetherness. God created us out of love for togetherness. Knowing, loving, enjoying God is our created purpose. Togetherness with God and togetherness with one another is what it means to be real and authentically human. Tragically, we don't experience that all the time without guilt, without shame. Somehow our innocence got lost. That's next week, but I'm going to allude to it this morning. Tragically, we pursue equality with God more than celebrate togetherness with God. And so like Satan, from our story a couple of weeks ago, we rebel against God. And by doing so, we walk out of togetherness with God and we walk into independence from God. And then we try and take matters into our own hands. We try to self-medicate, to fix ourselves, to put ourselves back together. We try to love all sorts of lesser gods to get back the togetherness that we know deep down we've lost. We try work, but at the end of the day, we still feel shut out. We try being religious, you know, doing things that will make God like us more. But striving to earn God's approval leads to spiritual frustration and burnout. We try accumulating wealth and material possessions only to find that the joy we're looking for isn't for sale. We try social status. We try positional power. We tried drugs and alcohol and food and hours of TV and video games and mindless web surfing, all of the gods in our lives. All the ways we attempt to recover the longing we have for the love of the one true God, our creator, the king of the universe. But none of these other things, none of these lesser gods, fills the void that he created for us and for his love for always. We're created for togetherness with God and only the love of God fills our emptiness and satisfies our longing. So you know what? The word of God who was there in the beginning who created all things for himself, through whom all things were created. You're the one that holds all things together. That word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The God who made us for togetherness with him demonstrated his desire to have togetherness with us again by showing up. And then... God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, while we were still separated from God, Christ died for us. He gave his very best. He gave his life in love that we might experience the love of God again. The Apostle Paul puts it to the church in Colossae this way, Colossians 1. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you, listen to this people, to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from all accusation. So continue in the faith, established and firm, and don't move from the hope held out in the gospel, the good news, who is Jesus Christ. In Jesus, we are lovingly restored to original glory. Togetherness with God here and now, Togetherness with one another here and now. And one day, perfect and complete togetherness with God in his presence for always again. Like the wise old horse says, we become real because we are really loved. And once we're real, it's for always. And like little nut brown hair, we can respond with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, all of our strength. God, guess how much I love you? Why? Because he first loved us. Let's pray. Father, as we come to the table this morning, pour out your love into our hearts. As we take the bread and the wine, breathe your Holy Spirit into us. Remake us in Christ Jesus. Restore us to your image and likeness and receive our love for you. Because you first loved us in him. For your glory and our fulfillment, we pray. Amen.